On this week's pod, we rebrand Collingwood's newest president. We open our minds to a new breed of ruster pies, break down the haircut wars, and in a pie-hard first, we pitch a new pre-match hype song to none other than the Collingwood Football Club. We even enlist a Hollywood heavyweight to make it happen. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Bob's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Hello everyone, I'm Damian Miller and as always a very warm welcome to Pie Hard's other major shareholder, Senior Alex Watkins. Alex, good evening and welcome, uh, welcome back to Pie Hard. Good to be here, Demo. Fantastic. Now, I wanted to start off with, have you ever read the book Kill for Collingwood? No, I haven't. Okay. For those listening, Kill for Collingwood is probably the penultimate historical text about the Collingwood Football Club. Good luck finding this one at Borders because it is out of long out of print. Good luck finding Borders. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you will occasionally find one on uh, eBay and or some other bargaining websites. But I wanted to read... So, the... the this book was written by a Richard Stremsky. Um, it smells old. You know, it smells like an old book. You know, you just don't get that from your Kindle these days. But um, I wanted to read. It ends in 1985 with the Collingwood Football Club, maybe not in a great situation. And I, I read this the other day and it was quite haunting and I think relevant. And just to situate our listeners, I wanted to um, actually read an expert from this. I didn't write this. So if you got your legal teams out here, it's, it's Stremsky's own work. But uh, please indulge me. Collingwood's prospects on the field are bright as usual. Wait until next year has been a common cry at Victoria Park, but it might be true of, of these days. An omen of Collingwood's resurgence has been the evidence of a marriage between modernity and tradition. If factionalism within the board and within, within the club can be avoided, if officials and members can subordinate their egos and if players can integrate themselves into the mythos of the club, Collingwood will become greater than the sum of its parts once more. For 20 years, Collingwood has lacked the off-the-field stability and unity required for premiership success. Infighting and backstabbing has been endemic and the players have become too important. But 1986 might be the year when unity is restored and hatchets are buried. If this happens, a blend of skillful veterans and youthful enthusiasts might recapture the Collingwood mystique that has been tarnished by money and egotism. They might once again be willing to kill for Collingwood. Ooh! <laughs> that's really, like, that's genuinely prescient and relevant <laughs> today. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it so on goddamn point right now? Integrate themselves into the mythos of the club. Players too important. Mystique. Ego. These are like grand themes. And was Backstabbing. That, was that written about what era of Magpies team was that written about, that passage? 
That passage was written... So, the final part of this book was written in 1986. Wow. So, it, it charts the history from from 1892 to, to 1986. Probably needs an update, to be, to be frank. Um, but, yeah. Wow. I mean... Interesting. You look at 86 and... As often or almost always is the case, there's a nadir before the apex, if that's mm. how you say the word nadir. Nader. Nader? Nadir. Nadir. You would think that um, given that four years later they won a flag, that that hopefully could be relevant to the current period as well, that you do experience that kind of rock-bottom feeling. But I love that bit about the players being too important because... There's a few overtones of that at the moment at mm. the club about various egos within the club. And I think um, I'm just taken aback by uh, that's made me want to read the book, put it that way. It's a bit of a dry read. I'm going to be, I'm going to level with you. Um, I did skip a few sections. It does get really into the weeds. But for anyone obsessed with the Collingwood Football Club, I recommend it. We'll, we'll post a photo of it. But hats off to Stremsky. He went deep. Mm. He's an American. Yeah, and the crazy thing about Richard Stremsky, I'm just thinking, I'm just, it's just coming to mind. He's an American. Get out. So he came out, he came out, I think he was a um, professor at La Trobe or something like that, fell in love with football and decided to, um, realizing there was a glut of Collingwood historical text on the Australian market, he, um, he decided to dive in and do it for himself. And- well, not a glut, a dearth. A dearth, not a glut. Oh, sorry, sorry, a dearth. Yes. A dearth, sorry. So I've got. Do you think up. that his Americanness, from having read the book, does that give him that outsider's point of view, like a, a better kind of context or ability to analyze the situation from the outside? I love where you're going with this, and absolutely, we we talk about the Collingwood bubble a lot, and how it's very important when you're a supporter or a member or an employee of the Collingwood Football Club to seek ideas from outside of the bubble. Mm. To get to get people who haven't grown up with the disappointment, who haven't grown up with the uh, the slavish devotion of the Collingwood Football Club that it that it wrestles out of your soul, and just get a fresh view, a fresh take. You know, it reminds me of you know Titus O'Reilly. Mm, yes, I listened to a podcast uh, where he was interviewed by Charlie Clawson. If you've ever heard the Two Guys One Cup podcast. Get on it. It's a great, it's a great pod. Um, very funny pod about AFL. But I only listen to one podcast. Uh, I'm just going to level with you, and it, and it's not that one. Pies Nation. <laughs> yes, love Pies Nation. <laughs> Shout out to Pies Nation. I do listen to Pies Nation. Sorry, I listen to two. Okay. Well, I, I listen. I listen to Owls for Mistakes and Pies Nation. Yeah, Owls for Mistakes. Um, I'm a bit of a pod fan, but the Titus O'Reilly interview was going back over his love of the Melbourne Football Club over decades. And anyway, the thing that one of the things that stood out to me is like he hates it, and I, I totally get this. When a club is at a really low ebb, the you know segments of the supporter group and and the administration of the club look for someone to come in and do like a review and analyze what's gone wrong with the club and put them on the right path to winning the next premiership. Mm. And the names that are thrown up are often like ex-club legends like Gary Lyon and Titus's point of view, which I understand Mm. was he's the last person you want, like someone (laughs) who has no knowledge of a premiership of how to put anything. you know, it's just like, I mean, you could argue the same for Nathan Buckley if you were going to be harsh, but Mm. 
you know, why bring these like people back from the, the fabric of the club, especially when they're not from successful eras? When mm. you can go and pillage different ideas, new personalities, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's an aside, isn't it? it? It is, but it's a good aside and it, and it leads to our, um, <laughs> it, it does actually lead to our, our segment into uh, our first segment, but we, we won't go in there. I, I did, before we, uh, before we move on, I did want to thank you um, very much, Alex, for your warm hospitality the other night. And just to situate the listeners, Alex made uh, what could only be described as a de- delicious schnitzel. Mm. Uh, there was potatoes, there was some kind of like roasted potatoes, sauerkraut, and the piste resistance was the uh, the meal was washed down with a bottle of 2017 Chateauneuf de Pape, mm. uh, hand selected from uh, my local neighbourhood wine store Dan Murphy's. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like an expensive bottle of wine to numb the pain of a season in exile. So I want to just you know before we get too deep into this, thank you for that uh, that marvellous evening. Oh, it was my pleasure. I, I think it was a panko crumb schnitzel and the Chateauneuf de Pape. As you um, mentioned, it was, I mean, it was honestly the best wine I've had in five years. <laughs> it was pretty I, good. Wasn't all it? of the yeah. wine I've drunk since then is just, it's got a little bit flaccid, but um, mm. no, it was, a, it was a meeting of minds. Mm. Well, look, this is no ordinary uh, pod, and it's fair to say that that meeting of, mind, uh, meeting of minds has conjured up, uh, I, I guess, the, the central theme of this, this week's pod. And, and look, there's a bit of nervousness from my end because, you know, we are on the verge of laying out our creative hearts uh, to all of our uh, our wonderful listeners, but not only our wonderful listeners. To uh, can we call them? Can we call them our client? I think we can call them our client, the Collingwood Football Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, before we get into that, and before we set that up, do you have any idea what's going to happen if Collingwood hates our idea? Uh, well, I imagine they'll blank us. Well, they already blank us. I think that's that's a given. But they haven't blanked us. They, I mean, you've been in direct contact. Oh, you, with the you club. mean block us? Do you mean block us? No, just blank us. If they don't like the idea, they won't respond. Whereas they've already responded, haven't they, uh, to your missive, mm. uh, and invited um, our creative into the halls of power at the Lexus. They're receptive. They're receptive. Now we're going to get into that a little bit, but first we need to start off with hard yeses and hard nos. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start off with our hard yeses, Alex. Hard yes for this week. Take it away. Uh, mine's really simple. It was Josh Jacos in the middle on Anzac Day. Evasive, live, nubile, athletic, dance, baby, dance. And just imagine for a second <laughs> two of them in no. the middle. There's a hard yes for me. Um, Dex is basically a lock now, I think, to play midfield or wing 80% of the time for the rest of the season. And I don't mind if they throw him forward occasionally. He's got a bit of goal now. But he can go forward himself if he's a midfielder. He can make that decision to move and make himself dangerous. But mm. Josh Dagos in the middle, he's just looking at this juncture when we're, we feel like we're on the way down. He's just mm. looking for these glimpses of the future of a brighter mm. future, and I'm not the only one that looks at Josh and Nick mm. and sees sees that future in spades. That's my hard yes. It's very hard. It's very exciting. I, I we uh, we've just got word that Caleb Poulter is is set to debut uh, against the Suns mm-hmm. this weekend. So really, we are potentially looking at a Rantel, Dacos, Poulter middle, if you will. Mm. And if that doesn't excite 
Collingwood fans in um, in these dark, dark, dark times, then sorry, we can't help you. It's probably best to just tune off, tune out now. But I like that hard yes. My hard yes is I was researching for Anzac Day deceased uh, war veteran magpies. Okay. And again, maybe not the most rosy topic of conversation, but I, I stumbled across a magpie by the name of Norm Lebrun. Mm. Norm Lebrun. Okay. Uh, played 19 games for the Magpies, kicked 23 goals. Unfortunately, was the last Collingwood footballer to um, to meet his demise uh, during World War II. Um, but in New Guinea. But in researching this character, one of the most interesting things was for a long time, many people had thought that Normie, as he was called, had a um, an Indigenous background mm-hmm. um, based on the colour of his skin. But that was settled a few years later when it turned out that Lebrun wasn't Indigenous, but he came from a mix of backgrounds, including Cape Verde, which for you geogra- geography fiends out there is an archipelago off the west coast of Africa. Right. Scotland, the Channel Islands, Jersey... And Jamaica. Whew. Now, this got me thinking about the Caribbean island of Jamaica mm. and the potential for Jamaica to become the next hotspot, the next hotbed for next generation talent. We've tapped America, we've tapped Senegal, we've tapped Africa, Jamaica. Like, can you imagine yeah, man. the speed of a Usain Bolt, the larrikin sex appeal of a, a Chris Gale, and we could keep going, the, the musical stylings of one Bob Marley rolled into one mm. playing Australian rules football. It's now, a real athletic- I, I, can't, I can't be the first person, we can't be the first podcast to be exploring the- uh, the mountain regions of Jamaica looking for the next Collingwood full forward, surely. They've just got a fantastic mix of sporting prowess, you know, historically and culture. And that's really our podcast in a nutshell. Mm. Sporting prowess and culture, that melange. Mm. I, I think it's a brilliant call, Damien. Mm. Um, it also reminds me, at their high point of cricketing world domination with the likes of mm. Kirtley Ambrose and Co., um, which we all enjoyed, you know, in, in that kind of 80s and early 90s period. I think he's from Antigua, but, yeah, rough, the West Indian, that, that Caribbean okay. sentimentality. Yeah, no, I'm probably conflating the whole region. Um, but, look, let's just look into the Caribbean in, in general mm. as a, as a um, recruiting place. But, anyway, it reminds me of um, cricket in the West Indies went downhill because apparently they took up basketball for kids. Yeah, NBA. NBA came and ruined. So they've got form cricket. in switching codes. And if a new code, a la NBA of the you know, Dream Team era, was to come in and show its chops and like maybe a few highlights reels uh, spreading around social media in, in the islands there, then there's no reason why the locals wouldn't... Um, Jump on board. But it's an exciting prospect. I like it. Hard yes. Collingwood's Jamaican pie. Uh, hard no. What have you got? My hard no, no this- keep, keep, keep it to 30 if you can, um, just for the, for the sake of, of, of brevity. 30 hard no's or- 
30. Yeah, we, we'll get, you're going to have a few hard no's, right? I'm oh, guessing. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, look, my hard no, I'm calling it the haircut wars. And there's been a couple of, um, I think this is a fascinating kind of subtopic, which has mm. sprung mm. to my attention this week. Mm. Um, mm. It started when pod friend of the pod, uh, Braden Bear Sire, mm. um, posted a Instagram photo of himself mm. with a very fresh, Kind of buzz cut in the Pendlebury kind of mo- mode mm. with the um, the fade on the sides, and he's got just such fresh, sharp features and nice skin. Um, you know, he's a good-looking young man, and we know he's a creative young man. That's why we like him. And he didn't even put anything in the uh, comment there. He just put a picture of a an emoji of a bee, which I imagine mm. means buzz. And <laughs> old Wanio nineteen sixty six who, using my powers of investigation, is probably mm. 55 years old, replied or commented on Bear's post, mate, concentrate on your footy rather than Instagramming crap. Just a tip, dot, dot, dot. Um, it set off a tirade of like different supporters actually leaping to the defence, mostly, of Braden Sire. And there's some interesting comments in there. You've got... Give it a spell, mate. He's allowed to live his life outside footy. How's your career going, fuckwit? Put a smile on your dial, Wanio, 1966. Thanks for asking, knobhead. Um, cheer up, champ. Whereas Bear simply replied, shit day, mate. Mm. But I thought Wanio 1966 uh, response was indicative of a broader frustration of stuff we've talked about, which is... When things start to go pear-shaped with results, mm. I think supporters look for an out and they they focus in on possible reasons why mediocrity has crept into the club. And there was another example on, again, friend of the pod uh, Instagram account, CFC 80 underscore 1892. We had him post a photo of Trey Rusco with his dirty kind of mullet thing that he's got going on at the back there. Um, I mm. believe CFC underscore 1892 was was drawing attention to the mullet in a light-hearted, supportive manner, and that mm. kicked mm. off a, an absolute cornucopia of negative content uh, comments, such as mm. "makes WHE look good." This bloke don't rate the pill has a head like a torn couch. <laughs> Got a few of these on the list at the moment. Bit happy with themselves. <laughs> And mm. my hard no for the week is magpie fans, especially those in the in the you know born in the before nineteen eighty. Mm. Young players these days are going to operate by their own rules. They've been brought up to believe in the cult of the individual, and that you can have things outside of football. You can have interests, and you can be a well-rounded person and be a professional footballer. Just because we're doing shit on the field. Is not an excuse or a reason to go targeting individuals for their fashion choices. So, mm. no to the haircut wars. Mm. Grow up. There's a lot of reasons with list, organisation, leadership in the club, why we might find ourselves in this predicament. But players' haircuts are not one of them. 
Yeah, I'm not sure that's high on Quarter's list of, uh, of of things to address right now. Mm. I, I could be wrong, but I like that the haircut was hard no. My hard no this week is none other than Collingwood captain Scott Pendlebury. Okay. Now, like you, I was perusing uh, the social stratosphere over the weekend um, and came across a... I'll explain. I came across a story from Scott Pendlebury, a story, an Instagram story from Scott Pendlebury. The scene was Scott on his couch uh, with his delightful wife, Alex, and two young children. Um, looked like a, a kind of movie night uh, set up. I think there was a jug of popcorn uh, and uh, in, the, in the foreground. Now, the- Wholesome. Caption- Wholesome, a very wholesome picture, uh, which we love at Piehead. Now, the, the caption that Scott had chosen for that scenario was Netflix and chill. Now, <clears throat> I've pulled up the, because uh, I just, I wasn't 100% sure on this. Oh, so I had to go to dictionary.com, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to understand <laughs> the true meaning of the popular cultural term Netflix and chill. Because something in this image just, it. it, it Alarm bells. What? It wasn't, it wasn't sitting right. So, <clears throat> let me just, uh, let me start. Netflix is the popular TV and movie streaming service. Chill is a verb that, in this context, means relaxing. All, all good so far. Netflix and chill, as a distinct phrase, means to watch Netflix with a romantic prospect, with the eventual expectation of sexual activity. Mm-hmm. So, nothing to be alarmed about. <laughs> o- honest mistake. But if, if, uh, if you are listening, Scott, friend of the pod, um, let's have let's have a little discussion on this one because we just we just need the optics on this one weren't great and from a, a club point of view we're not traveling too well. Uh, nothing inappropriate suggested here, but just just making sure that you know whilst our performances on the field have have dipped, let's make sure our social game you know doesn't follow suit. The last thing so- we need is our twenty thirty seven draft crop being smeared by rumors of you know. Inappropriate behaviour. That that was a hard no for this week. Now moving right along, in not so breaking news, um, we have a new president at the Collingwood Football Club. We do. So I want to take a bit of a look at Mark Corder, the man. The club was on the bottom. I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision, and we're prepared to live to that vision. Great disappointment that uh, this afternoon the Collingwood Football Club uh, has resigned from its partnership with the Transport Accident Commission. Smoking shadows behind the window. Smoking shadows behind the window. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio, what we hope will be the cream of the cake. Bigger and better just keeps getting better and better. Three year multi-million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports. Toasts will be replaced with tears though when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide. I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the, uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. 32 years of struggle, ridicule and humiliation as the Collingwood Football Club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in Australia. Now, did you know, Alex, that Mark Corder's father fled Czechoslovakia 
now Czech Republic, in 1946, mm. came to Australia and worked on the Snowy Mountains scheme with other migrants before settling in Melbourne. Did not know in that. The, in, the, in the words of Mark, my mother came from Brunswick and we shifted out to Nunawadding. Mm. It was a lot different back then to what it is now. Once all the kids were a bit older, mum went back to work full time. Now, Corda eventually went to school at Whitefriars Catholic College in Donvale. Shout out to our, uh, our listeners in Donvale, represent. And one of his passions from a very early age was the Collingwood Football Club. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to the 70s and uh, Mark Corda meets Mark Menther, uh, a colleague at the now defunct accounting firm Arthur Anderson. Uh, progressing through the divisions, working primarily on restructuring. But it was really 9-11 that cemented uh, Mark Corder's legacy within the, uh, within the down and dirty business of restructuring because, of course, what happened after 9-11? The collapse of ANSET. Right. Okay. Now... Uh, Ansett was a client of Arthur Anderson and the two Marks worked on Ansett, but prior to the collapse of Ansett, they broke free from their employer and started their own restructuring firm and Ansett followed um, as a client, followed uh, Corda Mentha uh, mm-hmm. and became their, their, their initial sign-on client. Huge, huge business back then. And so, subsequently, with the collapse of Ansett, uh, Mark Corder was appointed as an admi- administrator. And really, it was that transaction, that job, that catapulted uh, Mark Corder into the, uh, the corporate stratosphere. So, an interesting tale, but just setting up a little bit more background about Mark, we're not going to go into, into necessarily his... Um, his politics, or what he stands for as a man. But I do have a couple of questions for you, and I think the first one should be, how do you rate Corder's first week in the job? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think I was ready to be unimpressed. My reaction initially was, you know, out T-Rex in Megalodon, meaning we haven't we haven't um, essentially kind of moved very far from the status quo when we had an opportunity to do so. And so I, initially when I heard the announcement, I felt frustration uh, at um, the fact that I didn't feel like it was a very creative, ambitious, imaginative choice. But I thought since that point he handled himself pretty well and he managed to differentiate himself from his predecessor pretty well. And I suppose the proof will be in the pudding, but his first week hasn't been a disaster. That was my feeling. Are you happy with the approach of, of him playing the, the role of the silent P? As I think he mentioned in in the Age article, you're happy for small a kind P. Of small P. The small, Sorry, small P, P. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I find myself nostalgic about the big P. Um, <laughs> so as soon as you start talking about small P's, there's a feeling of deficit. Like, what are you missing out on? You know, mm. um, we as we discussed, like there was a certain flamboyance and relevance in in having Eddie, especially in the early days when he's in the footy show and whatever, having him involved in everything as the Mm. big P. So the small P, um, it's going to take some some masticating to to work out whether we like the taste of it. 
Mm. And look, it's it's very early days, but w- look, it's it's fair to say that the appointment hasn't gone down that well with um, the vast majority of members, um, mm. many of uh, of of whom share your your um your idea that maybe this was an opportunity for change. So I guess just putting our I guess image consultant hats on. Mm-hmm. What do we th- what do we think Mark could do? Be it uh, you know a statement or a move or even a uniform, even clothing, just to become a little bit slightly more palatable to um to Collingwood members. Is there anything you would suggest if if Mark's listening? Yeah, well, look, I think one of the confusing aspects is Cordamentha. That sounds like some kind of breath mint company. And if you dig into what the company does, it's hardly like mm. it's not heartwarming stuff, is it? And I think they really missed a missed an opportunity um, to go with Marky Mark, the two marks, just soften the image. <laughs> I get the feeling he's like because he, he's actually he presents with this whole small p thing. He presents as um, he's a bit softer in his presentation than what I expected him to be. Not having mm. really you know been exposed to him. Do you mm. think that he's kind of a shark in wolf's clothing? That doesn't make any sense. Is oh, he a wolf in sheep's clothing? Is that your yeah. sense? Yeah, I think absolutely. Anyone who who deals in the trade of restructuring and administrations, which is essentially going into um, bankrupted organisations and stripping it down to metal for money and paying creditors, I think you're going to have to have a bit of a glint in the eye and a and a razor in the uh, in your sock. To be to be in that world, it's um it's absolutely cutthroat, dog eat dog. But I think he should lean into that. Like mm-hmm. I think he should celebrate that sort of villain role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I'd love to see him do is adopt sort of like. Do you remember Big Boss cigars? Do you remember the Big oh, Boss? Oh yeah, song? I love. Yeah, to, yeah. You kind of graduate from fags to Big Boss. Yeah, to Big Boss yeah. exactly. So kind of adapt that persona, the big cigar hanging out the mouth at all times, the pork uh. pie hat. The, the the pinstripe kind of uh, you know uh, Al Capone stuff type type tailored three piece suit and a big John Wren style trench oh, coat. Oh, John Wren, yeah. And and just embrace that kind of the, the the infamy infamy that that sort of surrounds that occupation. This is because I think I think that would command respect with members and also like you know. The optics of that looking out into the club from a media point of view is like let's not we, we can't piss this guy off right because mm. he could he could strip Channel Seven down to its its bare bones and and yeah. leave the shareholders with nothing. It's almost like the opposite of Eddie, who's like the support, who was like this kind of doughy supportive, like got your back, so always always kind of stand up for my boys type thing. But you can picture, you know, Mark Corder prowling the boundary line during during training and. You know the players kind of shuddering at that the the idea that perhaps he's there to claim their scalp. You know he's he's going to put a line through them in the spreadsheet with all these kind of vast villainous experience. Isn't isn't Mick Gatto? He's a big Collingwood man. Can we confirm that? He's got to well, be Collingwood or Carlton. Mick, Mick Gatto. I think he bombs around in in one of those big you know a big Bentley or or some kind of big roles mm. and he's such an imposing force that 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 roles will all that needs to do is just roll up to a work site park for about half an hour and leave <laughs> and you know you know the yeah. message has been received right there's no horses heads there's no there's no bullets in wrapping paper or anything like that it's just the mere presence of the man i'll tell you what and if I uh, think- if nathan buckley gets invited for lunch at la Porcella, 
by <laughs> Mark Corder. <laughs> he knows there's going to be some serious hell to pay. One on one, just a sit down, just a, a, a brunch. Don't <laughs> let anyone leave the table and go to the urinal. There's going to be a gun taped to the top yeah. of the button. Now, now we're talking. Now we're painting a picture. Mark Corder, if you're listening. Speak to us, mate. We 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 got your back, but we think we think there's an opportunity to fill here. But isn't isn't it just doesn't it feel like embracing some of that you know that rapscallion mm. Collingwood sensibility, the 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 villain wrong mm. side of the track? So like, we've spoken about this before, Empire. Mm. This is a, not a new conversation, but you know, embracing the dark side, like we called. I think we called him the the Sith Lord Darth Quarter. Oh yeah, which sort of had a nice ring to it. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong no. with being being the villain in AFL. And in fact, from a marketing perspective, as we'll touch on, I think there's a lot of leeway there. Absolutely, and it ties in with everything we've said about the branding at the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. It's just, it's just a really theatrical, fun, dramatic way to present your brand mm. um, to lean into it. And if we come hell or high water, we will push that. We'll push that with the club. Kill for Collingwood. Um, as Richard Stremsky said, there's there's no, you, you know, you can't buy the Collingwood history, you know, created, you know, from nothing, rose to be the biggest, hated by everyone. You know, there's there's something so tangible in that that makes this club so unique and so unlike any other football club, almost unlike any other sporting club, mm. that it has that history and that. And, you know, you can't deny that the Collingwood Football Club doesn't continually go back to the well. We saw Dane Swan invited back to the Lexus Centre and through all the shit that's going on with the club, of course, all the questions were around, you know, the Rat Pack and who who's the modern interpretation of a rat and mm-hmm. what would you do with <laughs> yeah. what would you do with them if you took them out on a night and it's like you know the way we celebrate that era and mm. that behavior um you know i felt like we lost a little bit of that but you know it's time to go all in chips 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 all chips in we're not doing we're not doing great so let's start building this club back up from its uh from its britches and do you think it's kind of incongruous that you know we went for that i guess we call it like a more of a light side rather than a dark side branding but almost just because it was like the done thing it's like becomes this like discourse within the afl that you've got to get your culture right and you've got to be like welcoming and you've got to be um you know kind of friendly and you've got like richmond like giggling at each other at three-quarter time and making jokes and, like, you know, we're all in this together and we love each other. We went for this whole, like, love, self-empowerment, you know, support model. Mm. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you can still have a, a great environment but paint yourselves as the bad boys. Yeah, I don't think you have to literally be bad boys and be, um, you know, shooting police dead, <laughs> you know, at three-quarter time. I, I, think, I think, to be honest, it's actually just how that comes across. And I think... I think you're right, and I think, you know, nothing against the club, but, um, you know, we have a very large supporter base. We have a lot of young supporters. We have a lot of families, um, you know, that, that you know, when you're going through brand hygiene mm. in a boardroom, it might not be good to to throw up a mood board with, you know. Skulls. The, 
skulls and and knives and and um and pistols and all of that stuff but you know again we are just creating a world here we're mm. creating a universe for collingwood to play in what happens on field and behind the scenes and in our you know kid friendly packs that we send out to under 5 members is probably going to paint slightly a, a different story but on the whole we're really talking about you know a tonality with this club which already exists mm. whether you like it or not the collingwood football club is hated we are on the ground we are getting kicked senseless by every rival supporter that's you know been waiting for this opportunity for 25 years collingwood's down it's a rabble there's seemingly no way out you know the 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 pressures on our coach We've got a new president, and rather than that being a you know a, a a light at the end of the tunnel, it's seen as a step backwards. Like we are, we are in a bad place right now, and the only way to get out of, get out of that, in my opinion, is to come out fighting, mm. start start swinging, and really embrace that. You know, we've been down before, we've been kicked before, and we've risen before, and. We're taking no prisoners. All bets are off. We're coming. We're coming back. We're coming back. Sign me up. Maynard for captain. Okay, so we are going to move on to our next segment. Now, this is a... This is a big segment, and we we did we did speak about this at the top of the show. But yeah, look, as we've touched on our team shit, it's going to be a long year. But I think, as we've been talking about, I think rather than dwell on the negativity and feed the beast, so to speak, in terms of what we're doing wrong, mm. I, I think personally, as um, as a member of the Collingwood media elite, that we actually have a duty. Um, to help the club climb out of this mess. And as shareholders, we can either sit back Mm. and watch the place implode or we can roll up the sleeves and help out. And I'm on the the ladder. Uh, My sleeves are already up. So, look, we did think about the catalogue of current issues that are currently facing the club right now. It's a long list. But we thought we'd start with some low-hanging fruit. Mm. And that, of course, is our home game pre-match hype song. Now, as you said at the top of the show, we have notified the club of our intentions and they are eagerly awaiting um, a proposal from us. So if you're listening, Collingwood Football Club, sit back, relax, because this is going to be this is going to be a very uh, interesting 25 minutes or so. But before we go any further, I just wanted to talk to you and I'd love to get your feedback on on this, Alex. But really, what makes a great hype song in a sporting context? So I've got some ideas here and I just wanted to bounce them off you. I think first and foremost, it's got to be emotive. Okay. Yep. And it, ha- it has to make you feel something. I think it has to be distinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that to me means it's, it's recognizable, but with a singular meaning. Like it's, it's, it's something that as soon as you hear will resonate with, 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 with you know, a time and a place. Uh, it needs to be genreless, so someone who's into trap and grime, 
like uh, Braden Sire will appreciate this as much as a hardened rock fan or someone that's really not into music at all. Yeah. It's got to be ownable. So if the Collingwood accountant team, accounting team are listening, or Mark Corder is listening right now, we have done some due diligence on this and the sinks and the rights have got to be, fall within our budget. And we've, we've clarified this and just double-checked with our, with our guys in Los Angeles that, that that's, this actually does work. So that's another tick. Got to have broad appeal or mass appeal. So we can't be alien, alienating our audience. So it can't be a song like Metallica that a certain, you know, <laughs> a certain section of our, of our listenership might, might vibe with. What uh, song? Yeah, what song was it? Hey, what song was the Metallica? Uh, nothing else matters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Right. Um, uh, it's got to be PRable. Yeah. And what we mean by that is scalable. So it can't just be a one-trick pony. It's got to have legs in terms of our ability to get it maximum value, maximum reach, and maximum eyeballs or earballs, if I can use that terminology, uh, on yeah. this uh, on this track. Of course, you can. This, this next one is probably going to give some cues to where we're heading on this, but it's got to be cinematic in scale, mood, and energy. Now, I think you guys can probably sense where we're going with this. And finally, as we did touch on in the last segment, it's got to be dark. Oh, yeah. But not, but not too dark. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, got, to be, it's got, to, got to be palatable to the board. It's got to be palatable to the entire Collingwood membership uh, portfolio. Um, but with that tinge of, you know, that kind of cold, steely resolve, right? So nice. just, yep. just painting a picture. Now, when we did send out this tweet to the Collingwood Football Club, I should just I should just actually read it out because I know some people listening probably aren't even on Twitter, but it, it was a it was a call out to the Collingwood Football Club saying that we'd love the opportunity to pitch their marketing team an idea for a stirring pre-game hype song to be played at home games, DM us and we'll share our vision. We did get a response back from the club and they are waiting. Uh, eagerly, but what we what were they really expecting? Sorry, what did the club say? Well, I'm not sure if it was actually the club. It was maybe the uh, the social media moderator. But but the uh, response from the club was, "We're listening." Oh, that's that's dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> it's dramatic. It sets the scene. So we also got we got we got this torrent of fantastic creative responses from the Pie Hard community. I just want to read a few out. One guy suggested that there's a song by the Mountain Goats called Magpie. And it's a banger. Mm, that was really okay. interesting. Bobby McFerrin's "Don't Worry, Be Happy" was a yeah, suggestion. Wow. That's that'll help current client. Rage Against the Machine, "Killing in the Name," um, uh, a song by Meatloaf. Uh, someone else has wa- wanted us to double down on Metallica. Uh, someone told us what not to go with. So don't please no Nirvana, make it an Australian song. This is an, this is Aussie rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we are to have something to stir and pump up the spectators before the bounce, it has to be an Aussie classic. Interesting. Mm. Uh, You'll never walk alone. Uh, the Liverpool song. I know it's played in the EPL. This, uh, this guy says, but um, we're well within our rights to use it. Now this one, I had a chuckle at this one. Um, we all know the Port Adelaide song is never tear us apart by NXS. Yeah. So, Shout out to Justin for suggesting in excesses don't change. I thought that was okay. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and the last suggestion, oh, there was a lot of suggestions, but the last suggestion we're going to read out was just play good old Collingwood forever, which is quite interesting to play 
the 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 winning song, the victory song, yeah, the victory song at the start of a game. I'm not opposed to it because I think it's it sends a, a pretty positive <laughs> preempt, uh, <laughs> preempt it, yeah, pretty maybe positive the, message. But maybe they could look, do uh, the the victory uh, huddle in the in the center of the ground before the game too. They could sing it. The boys, because imagine the <laughs> serotonin like streaming through the bloodstream after seeing the victory song before the first bounce. Fuck it. If you're going to go all in, let's just get the Gatorade shower out of the way like on the field during the warm up <laughs> before, before the first bounce. Hydration. So that's it, right? So that's, that's, I, th- I think we've, we've kind of set the scene for where we're going with this one. But I think to really help us. Get this idea across the uh, line. We're going to need the support of the Pie Hard Brethren. Um, so I would just say that if you're into the idea that we're about to propose, let it spray on socials and tag the Collingwood Football Club. Tag Mark Corder. Tag Rupert Batheris. Tag, <laughs> tag Pie Hard Stan Paul Lecuria. Uh, get behind our cause. Collingwood, if you're, uh, if you're listening... We are presenting to you right now the official pre-match song for the Collingwood Football Club. Good luck ignoring that. Mm, I need a cigarette after that one. So that is... Spine tingling. Now, if you couldn't guess that one, that is the main title from Terminator 2. Yeah. Judgment Day, recorded by uh, the musician Brad Fidel. So... The way that dovetails with everything we've spoken about, choosing the dark side of the light side, emphasising our gritty history, but also like pumping us up into a kind of 
into a state of almost stupor. Stupor. Hmm. I mean, it's got a lot. What was, and you're the one that came up with this. Did you wake up mm. at 3.13 a.m. in the morning and just click, there it was? How did you come no, up I was with actually, it? I was watching uh, Terminator 2 on 7 Mate the other day <laughs> and um, just remembered how powerful that song was. And it's kind of the clinking, you know, it's really the clinking, like kind of metallic, uh, you know, forging of metal mm. sound. I mean, the film's a cracker. I mean, I go out, watch that film again. Edward Furlong? Is it Edward Furlong? Yeah, it hasn't it's aged. A, it hasn't, hasn't aged, aged badly at all. It's just, a, it's just a ripping action film. And, yeah, I mean, weigh that up against, you know, everything we've been talking about, the Collingwood Football Club, like getting a bit of shit in the veins, like, you know, <laughs> kind of restoring that hard edge of the team that I feel like we've lost a little bit. And let's let's not, you know... We're not bullshitting on this. I think the idea, like we've seen Port Adelaide sort of, you know, with, with a lot of success lean into a, a, an in-excess classic. So that's cool. And they own that. And that's become a that's become a talking point. They sell scarves. They do mm-hmm. all this shit. It's like I don't necessarily have something against what the club's doing now. I think it's Fat Boy Slim right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes for 60 seconds and there's a countdown. And it's good. It's a, it's a bit of a vibe. But we can think bigger. Mm. And we should we should be thinking on a Hollywood level scale, and so that leads to my next. That leads to the add-on because of course there's more. It's not just it's not just a new song for Collingwood. Yeah, right. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator himself, was to get behind our cause and throw his weight behind this crusade. So imagine no longer because Alex. I have composed a tweet to Arnold Schwarzenegger outlining this cause uh-huh. and asking the great man to get behind us. And I'm going to send this tweet out once this episode is is sliced, diced, and distributed on Spotify, Apple Music, and all of our leading podcast uh, yeah, platforms. Okay. Imagine Arnold in a black and white jumper sitting between Mark Corder and his lovely wife at the president's function or the Woodsman Coterie Group, you, you name it, promoting on a global scale the Collingwood Football Club because we've chosen the main title from Terminator 2 as our 2021 hype song. Celebrity arms race. But wait, there's more. We need a slogan. They can't just have a song and we can't just have Arnie in our corner. We need a slogan and something to ram home this campaign. We think we've found one um, that really articulates, I guess, where the Collingwood Football Club is right now, but really where we want to go. And so our slogan behind the Hype Song campaign would be Collingwood will be back. Now that we'll get Arnold to do that, obviously it's not going to be um, it's not going to be me doing that. But can you imagine? We'll be back if that became the catch cry of the Collingwood Football Club because we know we will. It's inevitable. 
And the we answer get is the, my we get peak. through this rocky we get through this rocky period. We pick up Nick Dacos. We make some more shrewd moves. Yeah, get rid of some old get get rid of some old old heads at the footy club. Breathe a bit of new fresh air. Fresh yeah, air. And in we'll two to back. three years, we're back. We're back on the main stage. I mean, I think it's it's the synergy of the song, the synergy of the Terminator story with mm. the club. I think is uncanny. I mean, consider for a moment that Arnold in the film. The films was known as the Cyberdome Systems Model One Hundred and One or the T Eight Hundred, sent back, of course, to protect future leader of the resistance, John Connor. The uncanny thing is, if you look at the current team, clearly, Myacek has been sent back to protect future Captain John Noble. <laughs> and I'd even posit that Myacek looks like Arnold. He does. He does. I thought he looked like Christopher Reeve. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, another Superman. Superhero. I mean, another he's got superhero. those high cheekbones. He could look like anyone from Hollywood, to be to be to be honest. But yeah, look, there, there are parallels between the story. I think the song is just a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we have fact checked this. It's it's quite novel to embrace, you know, em- embrace entertainment. And look, at the end of the day, football is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to we need to like really lean into the fact that. You know, football isn't a sport. It's much more than that. And it's competing with, you know, your Marvel franchises, your Netflixes, you know, everything out there that's commanding eyeballs from, you know, a generation of uh, a generation of, of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking of the Collingwood Football Club as this elite entertainment property and unashamedly leaning into something with you know what we love some some strong nineties cues. I don't think the song you know or the or the the composition has dated or aged at all. It's still mm. you know, and I implore you, don't take our word for it. After this podcast, bang up the Terminator Two soundtrack on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen. Headphone headphones in, jack it up, and imagine that you're sitting at the MCG. Collingwood's about to play Richmond Friday night. You've got your chips. You've got your hot dog. You've got your beer. Mm. You're in your seats. The players have finished their warm-up. The lights dim. The electronic signage turns black. The song starts playing. And then Levi Kasbolt butts a cigarette on Majacek's naked chest. And Brody Majacek does not. Doesn't flinch. Doesn't move. You know, you could even get Arnold, you could even get Myacek, you know, before the game to actually ride out into position on the back of a Harley. Oh, know, yes, actually in the leather the jacket. Like, you know, if we couldn't get Schwarzenegger out <laughs> yeah, the, of prior, prior commitments and or COVID. He's the stand-in for Schwarzenegger, for sure. I, I do wonder how we convince Arnold, because I think the Arnold collaboration, the, the brand ambassador side of the package is just brilliant Mm. how do we convince arnold that our club is kind of synergistic with his values or somehow kind of like linked in with california you know it's a great it's a great idea i think first and foremost we probably need to underplay the size of the collingwood football club so i'm assuming he has no idea who the collingwood football club is so if we started the letter yeah as in like you know we support a an australian football team Mm. Um, they're not doing that well. Like, yeah. let's face it, it, it's not a great time to be a fan of the club. Um, yeah, we're, we're not bro- perfor- we're not performing. We're a rabble. Yeah, we're There's broke. Been a lot of, no, no, we're no. broke. 
and sort of appeal to his heartstrings in that, you know, Arnold, who understands sport and understands the net benefit of being involved in sport and being fit and healthy, and also being a lover of of, of football and and various various other American sports, to kind of understand that a we're being really serious with this. Uh, it's not a gimmick mm-hmm. and it's not a it's not a scam. Um, and to I guess appeal to the fact that you know. Well, we can set up. We can set up. I think the background of the Collingwood Football Club and our origins of of, of mm-hmm. um, you know growing up in the slums and the tanneries of Australia, and kind of appeal to Collingwood as a as a vestige for refugees and for immigrants, mm-hmm. um, which which the club was, which again will appeal to the sensibilities of Arnold, who um, mm-hmm. came came to America and 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 made his fortune um, and as the son of an immigrant. I think that's that's right. Um, perhaps. Invite not only his his wife to accompany him, all expenses paid, of course, um, private box, the whole works, sitting with Eddie on one side and Dar- Sith Darth Lord on the other mm. in the box. Um, I think he, I, th- I think he had an affair, uh, or he had a had a child out of wedlock, and so that, that bring the maid in, bring the maid in. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll sub the maid in um, to the corporate box, but um, I think maybe we also go for the fact that we need you, Arnold, in mm. the same way. In the franchise, Sarah Connor, um, Sarah Connor, and like you're looking mm. at, you know, this imminent apocalypse. We're also on the brink of apocalypse at Collingwood. A thousand mm. years of like, you know, post nuclear kind of damnation. Whereas if Arnold comes here now with the, you know, the right timing, is able to save John Noble. Mm. Um, you know, there's every chance that that could appeal to his ego as, I guess, you know, really one of the protagonists of the tale. Mm. Mm. Yeah, look, there's a there's a few hooks. I think we'll 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 maybe craft that one offline. But look, that's that's the idea. Um, we we are genuine. <laughs> we are genuine with this idea. We think uh, it would enhance uh, the experience on match days. I think you know, as as we've touched on, there's talkability about this. It's it's not just it's not Metallica, and it's not we just haven't picked an Aussie classic. Um, we haven't gone down a conventional route with this one. We're, we're trying to think a little bit left field. But Collingwood, if you're listening, um, we've got many more ideas like this. But, you know, let, let's talk. Let's draft some contracts. Let's do an NDA. Um, we'll be back. Okay, so if you loved what you've heard today on PyHard, um, make sure you follow us on socials at PyHard Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Shout out to Paige. Shout out to everyone who's been in touch with us over the last couple of weeks, just um, letting us know that they're enjoying the show. Uh, we do this for you guys, to be honest. Um, it's unpaid. I know that might come as a shock to a lot of you, but um, we aren't actually on the, the Collingwood payroll as yet. Um, but, you know... We love what we do and and come rain, hail or shine, good performances, bad performances, shitty boards, good boards. We're going to be pumping out the the cultural Collingwood takes and navigating this tough time together. Think of us as a group therapy um, session. Um, We're not going to go too hard ever on the results and the stats because we think there's other guys that do that much, much, much better than us. Mm-hmm. But if you want that alternate take on the Collingwood Football Club, keep it locked 
to Pie Hard. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. I think this has been a very good conversational pod. I feel like this is a very smooth one. Mm. Um, hopefully not too much editing for you, but you know, I hope you've enjoyed yourself tonight. Oh, we don't edit, Damien. Um, it's smooth, it's flawless. And um, I think there's a bit of peace. Uh, we're starting to come to terms with where we might be at mm. uh, as a club, as a people, as a supporter group. And um, my heart goes out to all those pies who we're struggling. Tune in. We'll keep you going. We'll get there. We'll be back. Let's watch some kids. Let's get behind these kids because um, genuinely think the likes of Poulter, Henry, McRae, like they, these guys have it. These guys are the goods. So let's let's just enjoy the anonymity of watching these guys run around and, and get a kick before it all becomes gnarly and we have to worry about contracts and back-ending things and Ned cooking it up again. So let, let's just enjoy them. Let's just enjoy them on minimum wage before we have to worry about any of that bad business. I enjoyed getting like sat in my seat in Anzac Day and being in some weird part of the stadium I'm not used to, looking out of the field, and I said to my old man I sit next to have done for decades... Who's number 28? <laughs> and it's just that moment of yeah. recognition where you've got... I think it was Nathan Murphy. Murphy there was, yeah, we love Nathan game. Murphy. But who knows what they're wearing? They wear a different jumper every year, so you're not, you know... It's a good feeling, though, not knowing... The not knowing opens up a chink of sunshine that you don't know what bad could happen, but hell, you don't know what kind of magic could happen. You know, you just don't know. And we need a bit of this spontaneity, a bit of, you know, a bit of the unexpected, a bit of dreaming. And I think, um, you know, it's going to be a ride, but we're going to enjoy it as much as we can on Pie Hard. What a fine way to end the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Pie Hard. Can you play it again? Play it again. Play it again.